Hey guys, welcome to episode 84 of Epic Briefs Podcast. This episode, we have Amber Nash, who took time out of her busy schedule to sit and talk with us. Amber is well known for her role as Pam Poovy in Archer, as well as her amazing improv skills and involvement with Dad's Garage Theater in Atlanta. Also, the miniseries, Heart of America, and the Adult Swim classic, Frisky Dingo. That's just scratching the surface of the project she's been a part of. We had so much fun hanging out with her at Dad's Garage. She's such a talented, funny, and charming person. Thank you to Dad's Garage, Kevin Galise, and Matt Terrell for having us and for all of your help. Be sure to check out Amber Nash on Facebook under Amber Nash, Twitter and Instagram at Amber C. Nash. Also, Dad's Garage on Facebook under Dad's Garage Theater Company, Twitter at Dad's underscore Garage, and Instagram at Dad's Garage ATL. And last but not least, you can find us at SoundCloud.com slash Epic-Briefs-Podcast iTunes, Facebook, and Instagram under Epic Briefs Podcast, and Twitter at Epic Briefs Podcast, PDCST. Hey guys, we're here at Dad's Garage in Atlanta, Georgia with Amber Nash. Yay! This is so exciting. This is kind of surreal for all of us right now. Right. Because we're such big fans of you and your work. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for taking time out to sit with us on a Saturday. I gotta say, you guys have quite a setup. Very professional. (laughs) Guys, they brought me gifts. So if you want me on your podcast, you gotta bring gifts from now on. Nice. How have you been? How's your week been? It's great. I just got back into town. I've been, um, I was in LA for a month. And then I was in New York for a week, and it's been a little bit crazy. But now I'm home, and I'm doing some spring cleaning and just getting back into the groove of things. So it's been great. Can't imagine were you in LA for our Archer? Yeah, I was there doing uh, yeah like PR stuff, and then um, you know being an actor and auditioning and looking for other work, and just you know just like every other actor. You like never ends with that. Never ends. Yeah. (laughs) So were you? Born in Georgia or in Atlanta, Georgia? Yeah, well, I was born actually in Gwinnett, up in Lilburn, Georgia, which is just right up 85. Nice. I grew up there, and uh, (laughs) when I was in high school, my dad, he's in in the aircraft uh, parts business, and so we moved to Glendale, California for a a short time. Uh, But I've pretty much been in Georgia my whole life. Was it like a big culture shock for you, moving to California? Yeah, like when I was 15, (laughs) moving there from Georgia was crazy and everybody was like people in california were like do you guys have cable and it's like yeah we don't live like in the appalachian mountains like it's a big city yeah it's crazy did you like growing up here like how was it for you as a kid here you're like an outdoorsy type kid or you like to kind of hang out indoors play video games (laughs) you know like i don't have a very outdoorsy family but when like growing up was great i have an older sister it's just you know we have just a very regular nuclear suburban family um but when i got into like high school i met some friends that were really like into camping and stuff and so i got really into being outdoors and would go like up to north georgia like um in the mountains and go camping and stuff and then actually my first job out of college was um as a wilderness counselor at like a state-run facility for bad kids yeah yeah because yeah, yeah, i have a wow. degree in psychology nice and that was my first okay. job yeah how, how did that go for you did, it, did you learn like a lot of life lessons from it was teaching crazy. other people yeah, yeah like because i was um i was 24 when i started That's and really i was young. like yeah totally and i was in charge of like bad children <laughs> that were like 
most of them, some of them were like 17, so I'm not oh, that much older than they are. Right. And they'd yeah. like get drug tested, and I'd be like, oh, shit, I got to get drug tested too. And I'm just <laughs> as worried as you guys are. Like, I was totally a kid, like, it, responsible for these other kids. It was yeah. insane. I can't it was crazy. Gosh, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Were you like a sleep? Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> Were you a super animated kid? Like, did you do impressions and things yeah, like that? Yeah, I was like a ham. Like, I was a nerdy kid. And so I was actually just talking to somebody about this last night. Um, because I was a nerdy kid, I was like, well, I got to find ways to, like, to make friends yeah. because I'm not like going to be the popular kid because I'm like this gorgeous <laughs> child, you know? Right. So I was like, well, I guess I better be funny. And so that's how I made friends because I was totally a ham. I was always getting in trouble for talking and oh, really? just like screwing around <laughs> on the playground and like doing characters. And nice. I used to have this character when I was in elementary school called Escaped Convict. That was like my big um, crowd pleaser. And people would be like, please do Escaped Convict on the on the playground today. <laughs> yeah, what a weird kid. Can we get some Escaped Convict today? I don't even remember what it was. I think it was just me screaming and like acting crazy. <laughs> nice. Awesome. That's actually, like, I guess as a kid, you kind of try to stand out in your own way. And mm-hmm. it's cool that comedy was your way to like, yeah. be like, look at me, I'm cool. Totally. <laughs> my, my dad's pretty funny. And okay. so like, I guess I just learned that, and his brother are, are like kind of corny and hammy and so I guess I just learned that that's how you did things yeah <laughs> was being um, in the entertainment industry a dream of yours since you were a kid or that's something I don't else? think like growing up in the suburbs of Atlanta back then right, wasn't right. like you know Atlanta wasn't the hub that it is today for entertainment right, and right. so it wasn't really a thing that I thought I could do yeah. until I got older I thought I was going to be you know a psychologist and then I in high school I got into like drama and theater and uh, I never really thought about it as a job. I never even yeah. thought I could go to, like, theater school. I thought that would be, like, my parents would be like, no way. Yeah. You can't. You're not <laughs> allowed to do that. So it wasn't really something I thought was possible. Got but it. it's always something that I wanted to do. Like, when I moved to Glendale, because yeah. I was moving to, like, Hollywood, basically. Right. Yeah. Um, I was like, well, I'm going to take acting classes and we do all this stuff. My parents were like, okay, hotshot. Like, <laughs> just, just stay in school. Okay. Well, I will say um, – that field going into psychology mm-hmm. and acting do have a lot of things in common, a lot of connections. I know a lot of people who um, are into acting also, whether they do it professionally or not, study like psychology totally. and try to get into the, the mindset of the character. Yeah, so, it's very helpful. And just yeah. dealing with like actors, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> crazy actors. Hey, if you can handle kids on drugs, you can handle right? actors. Right, <laughs> totally, totally. So it was like psychology something that your parents kind of – point you in no. the direction to do or actually okay. i was going to school i always liked science, science okay. and so i was like i'm gonna be a biology major because right like every girl wants to do that yeah yeah and <laughs> uh then i got into school and was like oh shit this is hard right and like i'm really bad at chemistry and chemistry. god it's so hard <laughs> yeah and so then i was like you know let's do like a lighter science like yeah. an easier science like psychology <laughs> it's like softer and easier to understand <laughs> and so that's why i went into psychology oh i love psychology yeah it's, it's so much fun it really is. Yeah. Yeah. How did you find your um, way into improv? So I was in school. I was at Georgia State, which is right down here in oh, downtown. Cool. And uh, I was just kind of like didn't have an outlet creatively. Got and it. I was never like – I didn't. I never considered myself a creative kid growing up. But I think now looking back, I was. Yeah. I just didn't know that's what it was. Right, right. And um, a friend of mine was like, hey, have you ever seen an improv show before? And I was like, uh, no. And he's like, well, let's go. And so we went to Whole World, which is in Midtown, oh, and saw a show there. Nice. And then that night I signed up for classes. Really? Yeah, and then oh, just kept so going. Cool. So I started doing improv when I was like a freshman in college and then just kept doing it. And then I found dads like maybe four years later and then have just been here ever since. Wow. Yeah. Nice. That's crazy. Yeah. Do you have any like direct influences in the improv world that uh, 
kind of directly helped you shape your personality and style of improv? Yeah, totally. Um, When I, so after I did Whole World, I did like a couple classes there, like two years worth of classes. And then uh, I was working at Dave and Buster's, which is like, if you don't know what Dave and Buster's is, it's hell on earth. (laughs) And I was a cocktail waitress. It's like a giant, it's like an arcade for adults, like drunk asshole adults. And I was a cocktail waitress and um, there was only one at the time in Georgia, and it was the oh, one that really? was like in Cobb County. Not there was there's one in Gwinnett now. Okay. And so I would drive out there and uh, go to work, and I met a man that was doing shows out there because they have a theater. Right. And okay. uh, his name's Tommy Futch, and he now is part of Dad's Garage. But back then, he was only doing his company, which is called Laughing Matters. Got it. And okay. so it's an improv company. They also do. They were doing murder mysteries at the time, and so Ooh. I met him. Because their green room was the kitchen. And oh, so really? I was on break, and he was, like, in between scenes. So we started chatting. And he's like, oh, you do improv? And I was like, yeah, I do improv. I thought that I was an expert because I'd taken one class. Right. And I was like, oh, yeah, of course. That's what you think when you're 19 years old. And then he's like, oh, well, my company's having auditions. Yeah. And so I auditioned for Laughing Matters. And there was, like, 70 people that auditioned. And me and one oh. other girl got in. I don't know how that happened. Oh, wow. Katie Nealand, actually, Katie who's a... Ooh. A great actress in Atlanta. And uh, we both got in, and then I started working with Tommy, and then okay. that's how I found Dad's Garage. And now as Tommy is still – he was actually the minister at our, my wedding to my husband. Really? Yeah, oh, like nice. Tommy has been a huge influence in my life for, oh my for 20 years. What? Yeah. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Well, thanks, Tommy, for being an awesome guy. And I giving, know, right? Giving the world Amber <laughs> Nash. Totally. Hey, there's so many people he's influenced. Like, right, yeah. really, like so many people have come up through Laughing yeah. Matters and been, uh, you know, mentored by Tommy. But if you try to tell him that, he, like, totally won't take the compliment. It's right. like, Tommy, really? come on. <laughs> yeah. So funny. That's cool. That's crazy. I mean, I guess we've all had that experience where we worked a job that kind of we didn't really like enjoy at the time but mm-hmm. i'm glad that led to something that totally was, like, for you. yeah it mm-hmm. also is the reason why i became a vegetarian oh, right. because okay. we would have like chicken wing specials yeah. and people would eat so many fucking chicken wings <laughs> and it was like carnage on the table and we had like cloth Ugh. napkins and so like wing sauce on cloth napkins and all these bones and it was just like this is a nightmare yeah <laughs> so i, I stopped eating that. meat after that <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, very influential time in my life i mean look, i mean because lately i've been getting tired of chicken too it's just like too much to prepare and you have to like wash everything yeah. down yeah. You do it and it's like it's crazy. Ugh, so yeah, gross. I can't cook it. It's gross. Yeah, it is gross. <laughs> what was it like your first time being on stage? Oh man! I, so the very first show I ever did was with Laughing Matters, and I again maybe taken like one and a half classes at this point. Right. Okay. And um, <laughs> it was at a little bar that's in Decatur, okay. and back then it was something else, and now it's like a really nice restaurant. Um, and my parents came. And I was in – everybody in the group at that time was at least 10 years older than me. Really? And we – I was in this group scene, and I had to sing. And I still to this day cannot sing, and I hate singing in improv shows. And people just think that if you're an improviser, you're supposed to be able to, like, improvise a song. And it's like, no, nobody wants to hear this. I'm a terrible <laughs> singer. And so I had said nothing the entire show. Like, oh, literally, really? I had said no words. Aww. And my parents were, like, out there watching, like, so excited. And then uh, I was playing a rock for some reason, I was a rock in a scene, and I had to sing. And they had to like tell, they had to be like, and then the rock sings, because I was like not gonna do it. So that was my first experience, oh, wow. like in, as an adult on stage. Like when I was a kid, I was in like you know productions of whatever. Like Got I was Mary in the you know Christmas pageant and all oh, that. Oh really? <laughs> right. Yeah. That's Isn't that awesome. crazy. When you said he over a rock, it reminded me of this game all Melgar Solid. You have to like hide in a box and be like really secret, <laughs> so like, I could just see you like mm-hmm. just kind of like moon around the stage. I just didn't want anybody to see. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I know you um, helped create the four-level, um, I guess, the four-level class structure yeah. of Das Garage. How did you know that? Um, oh, my God. And, that's and, really and deep And we're very cut. interested in, in you and your career. So, but, um, <laughs> that's crazy. 
crazy. Yeah, it's good. It's good to talk to people that influence us. It's like yeah, makes it such a big difference. Awesome. But um, so with that, um, how did your professional experience help you add to what was already there? Because it, it's just a two level. Yeah, uh, at the time there yeah. was a so that was two thousand. 2005 okay. I got the job as the education director at dad's oh, wow. and so I had been a counselor at this camp for bad kids that yeah. were on drugs <laughs> and uh and then I was quitting that because I was like I'm going to be an actor full-time but right. I had to have money coming in somehow yeah, so there was a job open for the education director at dad's right. okay. previously that that wasn't a position before okay. it was we had an improv director that would do our class system mm-hmm. and also do like schedule for shows and take care of the improvisers and all that right. stuff right so they hired me because I had some education experience, <laughs> and, and I really hadn't been improvising that long. I didn't know that much about, like, I didn't know how to teach other people how to do it yet. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of made it up as I went along. But I, I actually had a lot of influence from other people in the company, because at that point, there was, because um, Dad's Garage this year is 21 years wow. old. Legal. And so, right? <laughs> totally legal to drink. Yeah. Um, can't run a car yet, though, but uh, we can wow. drink oh, legally. Um, and so there was people at the company that had been uh, improvising a lot longer than I had, and yeah. That had a lot more experience. So I used the group and everybody that had been teaching for a while to kind of help me develop what all four levels were going to be. And they're, they're different today than they were then. So they're okay. constantly evolving and changing. And we're, you know, like we improvise differently than we did, you know, in 2005. And so wow. we will 10 years from now improvise differently yeah. than we do now. And so things are constantly in flux. But yeah, it's still yeah. five. I think it's still five levels. Okay. I mean, four levels. Four levels, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what, what influences like the change in style, like you said, like just social things and what's yeah. going on in the world type thing? Okay. Totally. Like, okay. like, I mean, when I first started, it was a company of all 20-year-old white dudes. Like, that was it. And it was like, there was there was no women. There okay. had been one woman before me. Wow. And they weren't that interested in women being on stage. Got and it. they okay. weren't, I mean, not, like, purposefully, not mm-hmm. maliciously. It was yeah. just like, yeah, we're a bunch of dudes that, like, we hang out and we, like, do comedy. You know we're what all I mean? the same, so yeah, we get exactly. each other. You know? yeah. And then we started to realize, too, that it was like, well, people, if they don't see somebody like them on stage, they're like, why do I want to, you know? Like, That's true. It, so, yeah, so we've sense. become a lot more diverse as a company. And yeah. so that makes you tell stories differently. And yeah. Um, Kevin, the artistic director, who's yeah. also my husband, uh, has done a really good job. He came in 2010 and took okay. over the artistic director job. Really oh, wow. good job of diversifying the company in okay. a lot of different ways. So, yeah, that just changes the way you tell stories. And, like, I think we're a lot more um, just interesting yeah. and diverse than we used to be. Right. Yeah. Right. So did you meet him at Das Garage or you guys knew Actually, he was from a company in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Oh, wow. Which is, wow. like, north. Wow. If you don't know your geography, <laughs> it's, like, north kind of a like south dakota north okay. dakota it's like north of there so it's like okay. it's one of the prairie uh provinces it's like right it's there's nothing I'm out there but they have a big improv scene in canada oh, okay. a cool. big theater sports in particular scene because um, theater sports actually comes from calgary which is also in alberta okay. which is just south of edmonton i think um and he worked for a company there yeah and when we would do our big tournaments every year, we'd have uh, groups from all over the world come, and we—that's what we're actually doing this what? weekend. Yeah, oh, wow. so groups from all over the world come, and we yeah. compete and just do shows and have fun and drink that's all so weekend. Awesome. So I knew him from from his theater would come down here, and I, okay. we would go up there. So yeah. I'd been to Edmonton; he'd been down here. Nice. So we knew each other professionally for like ten years before he got the job here. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Did, did, do you like it in Canada? I, guess, I mean, you said there's nothing there, but do you like that? <laughs> it's great. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you, like, Canadian people are incredibly wonderful. Okay. Like, very nice, nice just like people say they are. Yeah. Um, and Edmonton's a – it's it, – it's the most northern city in North America. I think oh. that might be right. Yeah. So it's really cold up there. Like oh, in the really? wintertime, the first time Kevin took me there for Christmas, yeah. I like stepped out of the airport and was literally like, <gasps> oh, like no. I couldn't breathe. I was like, oh, it's no. killing me. It's killing oh, me. No. And like all the capillaries in my cheeks, like 
burst and so like I had these like big like rosy cheeks for the whole time and it looked like a monster it was insane I was like this place is literally trying to that actually me. sounds really adorable though. it is have, like, rosy it's pretty cute. <laughs> it's pretty cute but it's beautiful up there like it when it's snowy it's yeah. just incredible and there's like they've got a really rich art scene and they have a big nice. fringe festival that they do every that's summer awesome. that's really cool wow. so yeah it's great up there yeah I'd love to make it up there one time for yeah. yeah and like Vancouver's beautiful yeah. and Toronto's super cool like there's yeah. lots of great places up there well going back to um the you know, Dad's Garage kind of mm-hmm. like incorporating women into the comedy. Right. What was it like for you being one of the first women as part of the ensemble? Because that's a big deal. Too. Yeah, it was hard. Like in the beginning, I think I, I was always kind of a tomboy, and okay. so I didn't. It wasn't a stretch for me to like just play with the boys. <laughs> but what was hard was that like I told stories differently. I think women tell stories differently than men. That's true. And yeah, so I kind of just had to play like one of the boys for a long time. And in fact. An improviser from Toronto was here, a woman. She was yeah. here teaching a workshop, and there was a bunch of women in, mm-hmm. in the group. None of them were in the ensemble yet. They were all younger players. And she was like, well, Amber's in the ensemble because she plays like a man. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I don't play like a man. Um, so that was like – but I actually did. I mean, I had to, yeah. to survive, right, you know, right. to, like, get their respect so that I could change them from the inside, whether yeah. they knew yeah. it or not. What um, a <laughs> Totally. And then other women started to come on, and it was like, oh, right. okay – and, and it can be hard, too, because you don't want it to be competitive because it's like there's plenty of room for plenty of different types of people. It's not yeah. like there can only be one of us, you know. Right. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So um, it, was, it was hard in the beginning. It was definitely like I got a lot of knocks, but I got a Aww. lot of like I got a thick skin because of yeah. it. You know, I'm still dealing with it in really? therapy. Okay. Oh, therapy. <laughs> I thought you were going to say here. I was like, why would you do that? Right? But now it's like, it was, I always said it was like having 13 older brothers. And it's like so true. And there's good sides to that and bad sides to that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Like the way you said that women tell stories differently than guys or whatever. (laughs) Jamie tells these extended stories all the time. And I'm like, Jamie, uh, just get to the point. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Why? It's because you find things different. You, I'm know, like, find, you have yeah. to understand all the details. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Like, you're we not going to get how funny it is if they don't tell you all the details before. Yeah. Totally. All the details so that you can understand why it's funny. Hey, at least she has my back. Yeah, that's right? true. Yeah, I mean, actually, it's a fair balance. <laughs> actually, details are important to a story because when I tell a story, yeah. it's kind of boring. You're just like, that's it. That's yeah. Why am I listening to this? Yeah, exactly. Or you get to the end and be like, oh, I forgot to tell you the coat was red. That's what makes it funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, at at this point, do you prefer performing in front of a live audience, or do you, do you prefer like scripted things? It depends. Like, I love improvising. Like, th- it's always where I'm most comfortable. Like, when I have to memorize the lines, I get nervous and Imagine, I like, worry yeah. about like because it's somebody else's words right. too, and yeah. so it doesn't feel as natural. And I'm so used to improvising, like yeah. it's so comfortable for me. Right, right. Um, that I really, it's it's my favorite thing to do. Like, I could roll out of bed and just hop onto a stage and be fine. Like, <laughs> I really awesome. love it. It's where I'm most comfortable, and I like being in front of a live audience right. because you just get like immediate feedback, and yeah, you know, true. and yeah, it's really funny too, like. We were actually talking about this last night, and Kevin was about to go on stage for a second show, and he yeah. was, like, pretty tired because the first show kind of took it out of him. And I was like, come <laughs> on. You know as soon as those stage lights hit you, like, you come alive. And that's a yeah. lot of what it is with improvisers. Yeah. It's yeah. like – You have to love it. Yeah, yeah. like, standing out there and the yeah, audience giving true. you all that energy, right. it's, like, the best place in the world. You can imagine, man. Yeah. yeah. Just getting that, like you said, the direct feedback kind of powers you yeah. a little bit. You know? yeah. And then it also <laughs> teaches you, like, if people don't yeah. like something, they're going to let you know <laughs> about true. it. Or just, yeah. like, silence. You're like, well, I guess that joke didn't land, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Like, hmm, remember, don't you, talk about this next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Have you had any like 
like anything that didn't land here recently or you're just kind oh, of always. coasting now? Oh, okay. Yeah. I think, okay. too, it's like you have to keep challenging yourself. Got it. And Thanks. in the early days, you're doing that every time you step out on stage because you still don't know what you're doing yeah. yet. And so you're always challenging yourself. But when you get older and into you've been doing it for a long time, yeah. you can really coast, like you said. And Got it's it. like you have to remind yourself, like, I can get through this show and be yeah. fine and be like, oh, no big deal. Or I can have an amazing show or right. a terrible show. And right. so those yeah. things go hand in hand. And so it's like you have to take those risks. Right. Right. And it's super high highs or super low lows. <laughs> and that's just how it works, you know. So it's a little yeah. bit easier now. Like I won't I, – I usually don't bomb. Like I can't bomb now the way I used to. Okay. Like Got devastatingly it. bomb yeah. because I just know how to do it a yeah, little bit better so I can true. get by. Yeah, yeah. But you have to take risks so you have to have bombs. Right, you yeah. Know? Yeah. The, do you think like your your star power kind of helps with that a little bit too? Because people kind of know you as being, you know a you know, little, bit, little bit. Sometimes it like if I get in my head about it, it freaks me out, and this okay. is why. Because when people are like, "Oh, that's Amber Nash that's about to step on stage. Yeah, she's got a career doing comedy. Right. They expect a lot more of you. She better be good. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and and but but at the same time, it used to be like that back in the old days too, when I was oh, the only really? woman. Because people right. were like, "She's the only woman on stage. She better prove herself to me, right?" right. That is true. So there's a yeah. so I luckily that kind of got me ready for for this yeah um yeah. but it does if i think about it too hard i'm like oh you know oh i better be really good because people expect a lot from me but if you just whenever i don't worry about it is yeah. when i have the best show so okay. i just can't worry about it and just do whatever you know because at the end of the day i'm still just an improviser from atlanta of course you know what yeah, i mean and so yeah. i just gotta i gotta stay true to that yeah and yeah. I, I think people tend to forget that you're just like a, a human being and you're right. not like a super powered right. robot totally. that's ready to like <laughs> Time. Yeah. yeah, I make mistakes just like everybody yeah. else, or tell stupid jokes. You know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, we love stupid jokes, though. So if you have any, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> right. So we're gonna switch gears a little bit, okay. and we're gonna talk about Archer. Great. Since you know, that's uh, just and you're came wearing back. your your I Archer am. shirt, which is I great. Am. I wish I had a Pam shirt, but I don't have one yet. You're gonna be looking at that. Um, so getting into that, did you kind of odd? How was the audition process for that show? Like, Very good question. And in fact, I didn't audition. And people find that oh, fascinating, yeah. wow. as do okay. I. Because the fact that I have this job and I didn't audition for it is crazy. Yeah. So um, when I, let's see, this was like 2006 or seven. Um, the guys that are now Floyd County that make Archer used to be called 7030. That was mm-hmm. the name of the production company. And they were making a show called uh, C-Lab. On, right. on Adult Swim. Yes. Right. And then I after C-Lab, C-Lab, they made Frisky Dingo, I which was, Frisky like, Dingo so Dingo. weird. <laughs> and so they needed uh, somebody to do a voice on Frisky Dingo. And uh, I auditioned for it. And this was before the show had started, so they were making the pilot. Awesome. And it was, like, for a teenage girl, and it was completely wrong for it. <laughs> so I didn't get the job. Uh, but then the show changed. They needed a different character, and so I, I got that job. And so I worked with – I had been working with these guys on Frisky Dingo. Yeah. And then when Archer came along, they – I. I think I have to believe that they had tried out some other people and it wasn't working. <laughs> right. And they're like, Oh, let's just see if Amber can do it. Yeah. And then they asked me and I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Right. And then I didn't realize, like, I didn't know what this show was. I didn't know what FX was. Cause Got FX it. wasn't that big of a network back then. No, um, I didn't n- realize there was a bunch of famous people on the show. <laughs> like I was just like, just, it was like a gig. I was like, Oh yeah. Cause they used to yeah. just pay me under the table. I wasn't in the union. Like they, yeah. they could call me and I would just show up in 10 minutes and like record an episode. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, it's just another one of those things. It's not going to be any big deal. And then after the first season, I was like, oh, holy shit. Like, this is a big deal. There's, like, (laughs) famous people on this show. Maybe I should start reading my scripts beforehand. (laughs) And the funny thing is, is, like, and I think some of the other people auditioned for it, like Jessica, Jessica Walter, who plays Mallory, she got, um, her manager was going through some stuff, and there was, um, 
there was a notice for people to audition for Mallory Archer. And people didn't know what the show was yet because they, they, they haven't made it yet. And they were like, think Jessica Walter. And her manager was like, do you just want to read for this? Because they want your voice basically anyway. Yeah, exactly. So she had to audition too. And it's like, Jessica Walter. Right. And they just gave me the job. Love it. They, yeah. oh you gosh. have to audition for the part that we wrote for <laughs> yeah, you. Exactly. Yeah. But we're going to pull her out. Of yeah. Isn't that crazy? And then actually, it was after season one. Um, I was still just, I was working as the education director at dad's. Like I was just recording this thing on the side. I was like, whatever, yeah. whatever this job is. I don't know. Right. Um, and I got an offer from second city to do a cruise ship show. And that was like kind of a big deal in Atlanta at the time. Yeah. Like a lot of improvisers were going to work yeah. for second city. Right. So it was like, it was like a dream come true. It was like, That's Oh my God, cool. they offered me a job on a cruise ship. Yeah. So I called the executive producer of Archer and I was like, Hey, um, I got offered a job. I'm going to be gone for four months on a cruise ship. Um, that's the deal. And he's like, yeah. no. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you're on a television show. You can't leave for four months. And I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. He's like, okay, if you don't take this job on the cruise ship, I'll put you in the opening credits. And wow. so that's how I got to the opening credits. Holy yeah. crap. Oh, man. Yeah. Because I didn't notice you weren't in, in the first, like, couple episodes of the yep. first season. You're not there. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. Because I remember watching the first season. Well, going back and watching it again, and you yeah. see Pam in the first episode, and you know Archer abuses her basically. Yeah. yeah. And I'm watching, I'm sitting there going, "Is she gonna be like a main character? Yeah. Is there something's gonna go on?" And yeah. then like, then you see her develop, and you're like, "Wow, this is a really strong character." Yeah. And and I don't think she was supposed to be. I yeah. think that she was just gonna be kind of a little bit of a throwaway. So was Cheryl. The character of Cheryl was supposed to right. die in the first season. So, so <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think those are my favorite characters. I know. I yeah. love both Shut those up. characters, too. They're both, like, obscure and, like, weird. <laughs> weird, yeah, yeah, totally. And I remember you did, um, in Frisky Dingo, your Valerie, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I loved Valerie, too. Yeah. And, and that's why I did research. Like, who's doing that? Who's doing the, the voice work? Yeah. And I saw your name, and I was like, what? And I also so, yeah. did yeah, the yeah, um, the hooker and the crack whore. <laughs> nice. Oh, okay. Very different characters, <laughs> yeah. hooker and crack whore. <laughs> But, like, I don't know, I guess in my head, Frisky Dingo was all, like, a precursor for Archer. Cause, yeah. Because Xander Cruz is kind of like Archer. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so, totally. I yeah. think that's exactly where Adam's head was when he created yeah, it. Which yeah, which is amazing. That's a really good show, by the way, if you guys haven't seen it. Um, Kill Space is one of my favorite yeah. characters. Yeah, so weird. <laughs> yeah. So weird. Um, do you, so do you record with anyone or do you record your line solo? We do it all solo. So when I when we get our scripts, we usually get them, like, two or three days before, and we go – because we all live in different places. So I live here. Lucky, who does Krieger, lives here. Uh, Adam, who does Adam, who's the creator and also does Gillette, he right. lives uh, he lives in North Carolina now, but he records here in Atlanta. Um, and then Jessica and John are both in New York, and then everybody else is in L.A. So we all record separately. But when we record here in Atlanta, because they make the show here, mm-hmm. like we actually are in the room with the director and the executive producer and people that work on the show. Right. Um, but they don't actually have a studio at their space where they make the show. They just rent. Yeah. Studio space because they don't need it all the time. Right. So they're like, why do we we're gonna build sense. a studio? Yeah, exactly. And so yeah, so I just go in and I'm by myself, and I usually just read my lines like three times. I'll just go through the whole script and read each of my lines three times. Sometimes if a scene is very like it's all about timing then I'll read with the director and we'll just read back and forth and just do the scene together and some people do their whole like I think Jessica does her whole script like that she somebody reads all of her scenes with her Um, but I don't do it that way I don't think Lucky does it that way either in Atlanta we just kind of do our lines and then get (laughs) out of there do you like find it harder or easier to just do the lines by yourself as opposed to having somebody read it depends. Like it used it used to was the only way I did it and so I was used to doing it that way but when it um 
it really does make a difference. Like if you're reading with somebody because I think it's because I'm an improviser. It's like I know right. it feels different when I'm reacting to something than if I'm just reading it by myself. And a lot of times like when I am reading it by myself, I now that the show's been going on for so long, I kind of know how people are going to – like I know how John's going to deliver a line. I know yeah. how Aisha's going to deliver a line. Yeah. So I just imagine what they're, they would, how they would be saying it and then I can usually get it across. Right. But sometimes it, if it's really specific, I need somebody to read with me. <laughs> I could not do that. I'd be like yeah. reading. I'd be like – Okay, how do, how do I do this? Like, do I do I inflect the last word, the first? <laughs> everything would end with an upward inflection at the end, making yeah. the question. Yeah, Archer. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I was leaving a message uh, to make sure they were okay to get here and set mm-hmm. up and stuff, and all I listened back to it. All of my words are like, "Can we come back?" Set up. I'm like, "What's wrong with me? Why am I talking like that?" Yeah. No pressure. That's so yeah, funny. Like a race day sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure improving has like a, a big influence on that though. Mm-hmm. Being able to just kind of adjust and and know how to kind of interact with different people. And yeah, stuff. I think like honestly, I it taught me how to be an actor. Like I wasn't I'm not trained as an actor. Um, I don't, and some people will be like, oh, that explains it. Um, (laughs) I didn't go to school for acting. And so I literally learned everything I know from doing improv and working with people here. And so, yeah, totally. That's how it all happened for me. Nice. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so how do you get into the Pam headspace or do you feel like she's (laughs) a natural extension of your own personality? (laughs) It's, uh, it's a little bit of both in the beginning, Mm. like her voice is a little bit different than mine. Most everybody's voice on the show is their just natural voice. Right. And Pam is a little bit more of a character voice. And if you listen to season one and then you go back and listen to like season six, I sound more like Pam as the years go on. Like <laughs> in the it. beginning, I sound like Amber and then I start to sound more and more like Pam. Nice. Um, and so at first it would take a little bit like, and this happens when I do character work too. If I'm like playing the same character for yeah. a while, that's yeah. a very specific character in a show, then I'll have like a couple of words that click me into what they sound like. Mm-hmm. And Pam's like, if 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 we've been on hiatus and I haven't recorded in a few months, <laughs> yeah. like on the way to the recording session, I'll say, "Really? That's how I get into <laughs> Pam? Is really?" Um, and so it, it. it takes a little bit if it's been a while, but now it's just like it's, she's in there somewhere. Like she just lives in a part of me that I can usually muster up when I need to but sometimes if it's been a while they'll be like because even in between episodes it'll be a month sometimes before we record again and so they'll say they'll give me notes like sound a little bit more like Pam or (laughs) a little bit higher or a little bit lower so yeah it takes a little bit sometimes Nice. Just hearing yeah. her do Pam is like I crazy. <laughs> I was just sitting there thinking, like, for a, a girl raised in Georgia for the most part, mm-hmm. and then playing a Midwestern character, mm-hmm. like, yeah. boom, you just go right yeah. in. Yeah, it's like, so weird because I never, like, before doing Pam, I never had like a mi- Midwestern character it, accent. Yeah. Like, I never, I'd never used that voice before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the where it comes from is when I first saw her head, like I saw what Pam looked like. <laughs> um, she was actually delivering one of Val's lines because they wanted to oh, see how okay. my voice worked with that way the character looked. Yeah, right. I think to just kind of test it out before they asked me to do the job. Yeah. Um, I looked at Pam and I was like, and the voice came out and it's the voice that I do when I'm basically talking like my mom, like if I'm telling a story about my mom. <laughs> and my mom is not Midwestern. She's totally Southern. So I don't know why that ever happened, but it's, it's what happened. <laughs> we all have a mom voice. Yeah, right? Yeah, it's like, are I you going to wear that? that yeah. <laughs> totally and you don't even think about it. It just no. happens. Yeah. Like yeah. when you're talking about yeah. something they said. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you have any like say in how the characters developed in the series or is it kind of not really up to you? Yeah, not really. I think that um I think that Adam 
like he he made all the characters in the beginning and created the show and then i think as the years went on yeah. he was um influenced by getting to know all the actors better because right. i think that everybody's character starts to do more stuff like lucky's character for example uh he always tells the stories in interviews um krieger had a line in an episode that was yep 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 and that <laughs> comes from lucky in real life like he says that in real life oh. and adam's like oh i'll just yeah. write that in because that's something lucky would say right. and it'll make sense in this scene right. and so i think like little things like that have started to like you know get into right. to adam's world and his writing and so in that way i think we've influenced the characters a little bit but not really i mean the only time i've ever had any influence over the characters when he told us about season five, Archer Vice, mm-hmm. and that Pam was going to be addicted to cocaine. And I was like, well, <laughs> she's addicted to cocaine. She's probably going to lose weight. I mean, she's not eating food. Right. And he's like, all right. And oh. then I went into the offices because I was picking something up. And when you go into the Floyd County offices, it's just like, it's like a sweatshop. It's like a bunch of like young artists, like hunched over computers, like making the show. Oh, and wow. I saw on a big screen, somebody was working on Pam. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, she looked like a fucking pinup model. She's like, her boobs were just as big, oh, but her what? body was tiny. And yeah. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so that's the only time I had any kind of influence over what the character looked oh, like. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. yeah, it was funny seeing her go, like, transform. Yeah. I was like, what? A lot of people hated it. And I totally get I it. because, it. Like, Pam. But then my favorite was that, and Adam does this all the time, is that then he was like, okay, it's over, and we don't ever talk about it again. Yeah. And she just showed up the next season and was big, <laughs> big again. And it was just like, okay, all right, totally fine. I love that. It was yeah. like, it fit for that season because yep. yeah. you understood it. And then it's like, oh, we're going to go back to the character yep. you love. So yep. don't worry about it. Totally. That's awesome. Totally. I love that. Um, so, again, like you were talking about, you kind of got in there and not intentionally or actively, I guess, influenced, kind of like what you did with uh, the improv, improv group. Mm-hmm. There and, you know. Play like them and yeah. then change. Yeah, weasel my way in there. It seems to be a <laughs> seems to be a trend there. <laughs> She's gonna weasel her way into the podcast. That's no, right. That'd be amazing. Oh, yeah, there's that. no weaseling. We just let her in. Yeah. We wouldn't worry about it. I'll totally leave right now. Like, bye guys. See <laughs> no, you later. Yeah, Amber's taking over. <laughs> so, do you have a favorite episode or uh, season of Archer? It's hard to choose. I think that, like, when I started to really appreciate how cool the show was, it was like season two and season three Mm because I was like oh this show is awesome Mm -hmm. and I think that I think that what's cool about it is I I tell people this all the time that I would be a fan of this show even if I wasn't on it so it's like what a dream for your first big show to be something that you love and would love even if you weren't on it Um, so I love some of those some of those early seasons because Pam was really becoming the character that we all know and love today. Um, But I also love Vice. I think it was such a polarizing season, (laughs) but I had so much fun because there was a lot of Pam-heavy episodes in that season. And I love, like, one of my favorite things is when Pam and Archer, um, like, do stuff together. And, like, when they, in Southbound and Down, which was in season five, where they're, like, on the road (laughs) together. It's, like, so fun. They're so great together. And I don't remember which episode it was, but I think it was in season five where they kind of admit that they think that they're each other's best friends. And I was like, this is <laughs> so great. I, I want to feel like it was that episode. Yeah. Like, it right might have been. End, yeah. I, I, that's, honestly, I was going to say that's my favorite season. And between that episode and like the episode when she, when, uh, Pam steals Abigene <laughs> and runs around like King Kong. Yes. Those are my favorite. So fun. So, so fun. 
Oh, um, so is there any interesting tidbits or anything that you can give us about this season? So, um, have you watched any of the season yet? I have watched all the episodes this season. Okay. I'm loving it. <laughs> okay. I'm not sure where they're at, but yeah, I'm like in right in the beginning. Okay, yeah, so well, you can go it. ahead. Go ahead. It's go so for it. it's crazy. <laughs> so you know, it's set in 1947, yeah. and we know that it's in Archer's mind, right? We've right. got we've got that figured out because the end of episode, I mean, end of season seven, he was shot. Spoiler alerts, guys. Sorry. I, I yeah. mean, if you haven't Sorry, listened yeah. to it. No, it's fine. Didn't it mean to, um, and so uh, it's it, – it, well, the great thing is, is my character this season is known only as Poovy and <laughs> yes. is gender neutral. I was questioning that at the end yeah. of the I'm like, is this – how is this – really I guess cool. this is how Archer is viewing it. Yes, so. which I think is so great. Because yeah. that's the, the great thing is you're peeking into how Archer really feels about all these people. Yeah. And right. is like – coma right. brain right because <laughs> yeah. right, it's, it's literally just him yeah. making up whatever he wants totally and so um I, one of the great things that i'm very excited about is i have this really fun poovy has this really fun like character arc in in the very last episode there's like an amazingly sweet moment that i was like so proud that i got to do in the booth i was like this is real acting everybody oh, nice. <laughs> so there's some really sweet stuff that happens with poovy and and the end of the season yeah, right, I got something to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. it's a great season. <laughs> All right, talking about sweet, um, and we know that uh, Archer views her as you know gender neutral in his own head, and she's basically. I don't want to say the office slut, but she's kind of basically, <laughs> I think true. she's slept with everybody, she has, yeah. which is funny because they always reference and and like, even like, I know she talks about it with uh, Mallory mm-hmm. and Mallory's drinking and she sits there and she has to think about it for a second. She's like, oh crap. <laughs> so it's just kind of fun. Who uh, would you like to, uh, Pam, to find love with if you oh, had the option? That's a good question. There was actually, somebody asked me this a while ago and I think it was before we knew that what was going to happen this season. And I was like, I'd love for there to be like a, full season long story like love story with Pam and somebody new I don't think it could be anybody from the office (laughs) it's like gotta be somebody new and like unscathed by the terribleness that Archer (laughs) does to people Um, but I also like I love all the Poovy Farms like stuff with Pam like all of her like old stuff so maybe it could be like somebody from her past would be be really fun they should bring back the uh, the Hispanic um, milker yes. that she kind of yes. was like flirting with I think that'd be it'd be a random and yeah. it'd be like an yeah. established character sort yeah. of. so I think it'd be it's pretty the whole fun. love scene it'd be so great and I could just see her like if he didn't like speak very much English and like she's trying to communicate everything to him yeah but they find love at the end yeah um all right, so if Archer were made into a live-action movie or show, mm-hmm. who would you like to play Pam, if not you? Oh, my God. So I would <laughs> love to play the character, but I think it would be – I don't know if I could. Like, people are like, do you ever, like, think about cosplaying as Pam? Or, like, I, I don't know. I think it's – I have a block mentally of, like, being able to physicalize that character. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I could physically play the character. I just – it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could do it. It'd be really a challenge. But anyway, um, what I always say in answer to this question, and I really, truly believe it, is that the person that I would love to play Pam if it were, there was live action would be John Goodman. Because <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think it would be absolutely perfect. Oh, my, yes. oh my God. John Goodman's really good. Yeah. yeah. I could see that. That would totally. be hilarious. What show would you like to do voice work for or be involved in the future? Oh, I really love Bob's Burgers. I would totally love to be in (laughs) Bob's Burgers. But also, so 
years ago, maybe three years ago, there was a rumor that Seth MacFarlane was remaking the Flintstones. I heard that, yeah. What? And I was so stoked because I had a friend that was actually working on it as a producer, and oh, I was wow. like, I have to be Wilma. I have yeah. to be Wilma. That would be amazing. Like, it would be such a great yeah. fit for me. Yeah. Um, but also, Seth MacFarlane just uses all the same people. Like, he just uses his <laughs> friends, so he's yeah. never going to hire me. He but plays 90% of his own characters. Right. Yeah. <laughs> totally. But that would be a dream, would be Wilma. That would be amazing. Yeah. Which is the hashtag Amber for Wilma. Well, as soon as you yeah. said Flintstones, I was like, Wilma. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it would be so fun. Yeah, it's funny awesome. that you mentioned Bob's Burgers because I love that episode when Archie thinks he has it. Yeah. So I kind of wish they would go the other way. I know. Too. I was like, awesome. come on, guys. Give us, do us yeah. a solid. You <laughs> yeah. something. Give us something back. Yeah. And then you've already got half the characters there. Right, so totally. just you know, bring us in. Come yeah. on, guys. <laughs> yeah. So, how has voice acting changed or enriched your life as an actress and a person? Oh, um, let's see. I think. Well, first of all, it's a really good job. So it's it's really like I'm able to make a living as an actor. So that's been the really most amazing part about it is yeah. that like I have a job where people pay me to do really fun <laughs> yeah, stuff. Exactly. So it's enriched my life in that way for sure. Um, and the other thing about voice acting, like, because I didn't intend to go into voice acting. It right. just kind of happened, and yeah. I was lucky that it happened. And people are always like, it is impossible to break into the world of voice acting. Yeah. And honestly, I still, uh, like, run into that today. Like, oh, I, really? I'm, on, I'm lucky to be on a, on a really great show, but, yeah. like, I still audition for stuff, right. like, several times a week. And I haven't really gotten many other jobs outside of doing Archer. And That's so it's a, hard, <laughs> it's a hard field to break into. And there's people, like, really good animation voice people mm -hmm. like do everything because right. there's you know they need five people and they those five yeah. people can do you know three thousand different yeah. voices it's really yeah. incredible there's some amazing voice actors out there and so to be able to be a part of that group is mm -hmm. pretty in insane and amazing and so i'm still learning and i still like i just when i was in la I took a month-long course with a, a voice actor named uh, Charlie Adler, oh, who's cool. insanely amazing. Yeah. If you look at his IMDb page, he's been on everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, it's I'm still learning and growing, and I think that's part of being a human and yeah, part of, of being an artist is that you have to keep keep learning and growing. But the great thing about voice acting, too, is that you don't have to go through hair and makeup. You can yeah. just show up wearing whatever you want. <laughs> it doesn't take as much that's time. Great. You don't have to memorize your lines. You get to read them <laughs> off of paper. Oh, you're <laughs> right. Really, yeah. It's pretty great. I haven't even thought pretty about good. that. Yeah. So what originally got you interested in voice acting opposed to, like, acting on a right. you know, live action, I guess? So there is actually it's quite a few people that work at Dads as improvisers that um, work in the advertising business. And there was a guy, um, he still works here, actually. His name's Mike Schatz, and he's a creative director at an ad agency, and he needed people to do um, radio spots. And it same just like working with the guys from 7030, they needed somebody that would come in in 10 minutes and record something and they could throw them uh, some money and then they'd leave. <laughs> and so he'd call, he could call me and I'd show up and do a radio spot for him. And so that's how I first started to learn how to do voice acting. And he, one of the best notes he gave me was I was standing behind the microphone, like delivering my lines, like my arms by my side, like just w talking into the <laughs> microphone. And he was like, you can move around. Like you, you can hear that in right. your voice. If yeah. you're just standing yeah. there like a robot, it sounds like you're a robot. So move around in the booth. It's okay. Great. And so I learned that from Mike and Mike actually, he's been on a ton of stuff. He did, um, he did Aqua Teen Hunger Force. I love um, <laughs> he's the voice of the Braves. He's like, yeah. he's the voice of Moe's. He's been oh, on tons wow. of stuff because he's so the cool. guy that makes the commercials. Yeah. So he voices <laughs> them too. Nice. So 
would you say that having connections is necessary to break into the voice acting world? I think it helps. I mean, you know, you always hear that about the, the show business business anyway, but mm-hmm. it, it if people know what you can do, then it definitely helps them think of you, you right. know, because when people audition for stuff, like if I'm, I'm a casting director and I'm auditioning a cartoon and I'm right. trying to put an actor to this voice, I'm going to hear 900 voices. And so yeah. to have something that makes you stand out it is, it can be really helpful or just having relationships with people. Yeah, There's lots of times when people go to Los Angeles and just because I was just there, like there's a lot of like taking meetings that happens and it's like, what, what does that mean? <laughs> what what are mean? people doing in those rooms? Yeah. And it, I still don't fully understand it. <laughs> but what I do know is that a lot of it is people just sitting down and just like small talk. And it's like, what are we doing here? But we're just chatting and they're trying to see if you'd be somebody they'd like to work with. And so there is a lot of that relationship stuff that doesn't sound, it sounds like it's like, like a trick that you're like cheating the system. And it, and right. the more I've started to understand it, it's like, no, it's just, the, it's people want to be able to like the people right. that they work with yeah. and work well with other people. Right. That's yeah. very important. Yeah. I think in any job, like totally. if you don't like who you work with, you're going to hate your yeah. job. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, have to have that chemistry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what advice would you have for aspiring voice actors? One of the things, and some people will tell you this is bad advice. Um, so take it or leave it, uh, <laughs> is that you've got to be willing to work for free. Right. And in the beginning, because you you have to have a reel right. and if you don't have a reel like and people are like okay so the only stuff that can go on your reel is stuff you've been paid to do and yeah. it's like well then how do you get a reel if yeah. you don't have a reel to get jobs <laughs> yeah, true. you know what i mean and yeah. so i love that so i feel like doing stuff for free will help you get stuff for your reel especially if you can work with somebody that has high quality equipment now right. it's so much easier than it was when i started like right. like i mean the setup you guys have is incredible oh, and you, you brought it here <laughs> and set it up yeah. and so it's easier now to get high quality recordings than it used mm-hmm. to be but um, finding somebody that you can, they'll give you your recordings if right. you work for free for them is yeah. really helpful or somebody that will help you put your reel together right. um, just to get that stuff down and to, just to get experience because people, a lot yeah. of times you'll hear people be like, oh, it's, I feel weird listening to myself or I feel weird watching myself <laughs> right. or, yeah. Yeah. and that's something you just have to get over because you're like, well, that's what I look like, yeah. whatever. There's, you know, that's what I sound like. Yeah. And yeah. so the more you can do it and the more easily it comes to to be able to sit down and listen to yourself mm-hmm. so you can actually like critique it, the better. Mm-hmm. And working with people, like working with good directors is huge. Or people that, like teachers, take classes, yeah. do stuff for free, and just keep learning is the best advice. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of funny because when we first started podcasting, we were like, oh, I hate the way I sound. Yeah, <laughs> and now <laughs> you're just used voice. to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally, yeah. totally. So what are some major differences between um, on stage acting on camera and then voice acting? I think one of the big things that I learned, um, and this is for on stage and on camera, is that on stage you have to be so big right. um, because yeah. you're, you've got an audience of people that are far yeah. away from you. That's true. And then you go to doing on camera stuff and they're like, whoa, that is <laughs> too big. Bring it in. <laughs> yeah. We're all in the same yeah. room. Yeah. Oh, and wow. so finding that balance, because I think that I, I because I'm still learning how to do on camera work. Right. And so I started to, like I pulled it in too much and then it was like super boring. And then it's like, why are we watching this person do anything? And so like finding that balance between like big and small and what's appropriate for a show that would be on comedy central versus a show that would be on NBC. You know, there's just like so many different variations. It's like, just because I can, you know, make an omelet doesn't mean that I can, you know, make a streusel. Like there's all different (laughs) kinds of things. There's all different ways of doing stuff. Um, But with voice acting, I think the the biggest difference is that you don't have anything but your voice. You got to take right. everything, all the things you would do with your body, all the things you would do with your face, and 
condense it down and try to get it just out of your mouth. Right. Yeah. And so all those things are there. Like I said, if you're just standing there not moving, then yeah. it's going to sound <laughs> like you're standing there not moving. And so to <laughs> get true. to get all that out and learn how to do that. And again, I'm still learning how to be a good voice actor. So it's like. Um, yeah, it's it's insane. It's all so different, even though it sounds like it's not, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So which of those do you um, enjoy the most? I definitely enjoy stage acting the most. I think it's because it's where I started and it's, it's what I've done the most and it's what I'm most comfortable with. Um, but I enjoy improv, improv more than, like, scripted stage work just because I'm like, well, I get to do it. It's mine. I can. Right. I wrote it. I, I'm directing it right now, and I'm I doing it for you. say what I want. My lines can be wrong, and you'll never know. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. So true. <laughs> exactly. That's my favorite. <laughs> So let's see. What do you feel is most difficult about um, the most difficult aspect of being an actor? Um, you know, I think that people think it's just like this glamorous, like easy job, and it sucks. Like being an actor can be really hard. Like yeah. it, you know, I. I am able to go to the grocery store on a Wednesday at two o'clock if I want to, because okay. I don't have a regular schedule. Like, <laughs> nice. so that's great. And I can go get like a hour long foot massage sometimes, you know, <laughs> like, so there are things that are like really spoiled about being an actor. Right. But the thing that's hard about it that I think people that aren't in the business don't realize is that you genuinely do have to put yourself like out there for judgment every day. That's and true. so if you're not, yeah. if it's not when you're on stage and people are judging you, right. it's when you're on camera and people are judging you. Yeah. Right. But the biggest thing is when you're auditioning, like yeah. I'm, I have to interview for a job mm -hmm. three times a week. And like wow. most people interview for a job three times in a lifetime, yeah, you know? Right. And so it's like, you're constantly having to prove that you're good enough and that wow. somebody should give you work. That's and so true. that can be hard. And that's yeah. why I think actors can be a little crazy sometimes because <laughs> yeah. it's just like, am I good enough? I'm yeah. not good enough. <laughs> you know, love me, love yeah, me. totally, <laughs> no, totally. And so I think that's probably one of the harder parts of it, but then there's so many great things about it that yeah. I can't complain. And I'm really lucky that I actually have a job that pays me and I don't have to like really scramble as hard as I would have to if I didn't have Archer, you know? Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. I like, I think having that uh, psychology degree mm -hmm. and that information really helps you because like you said, you're out there constantly being judged. You're constantly totally. trying to get that validation, not necessarily for yourself, but as an, you know, as a job. Yeah. And so knowing what, the mindset already is and having that background, I think really helps you. I think a lot of actors, you know, they start turning to drugs and things mm -hmm. like that because they feel that pressure. Yeah. I think you're doing a really great job. Thank you. And the other thing too, that I, I found that's been really helpful for me is because I didn't have any success until I was older. Mm -hmm. So like, I mean, when I, when Archer, when we first started, it was 2009. And right. so that was, eight years ago yeah nine years so. ago and okay. so i was like already like well into my 30s okay so right, well yeah. it's like 31 32 okay. and so i knew who i was as a human being so yeah. i was able to like deal with because it's the other weird thing is like when you get some success and people mm -hmm. are like what are you doing and what's you know you're you're what you're a celebrity and it's like no i'm not <laughs> it's like i'm not a celebrity people, lots of people have no idea who i am <laughs> so it's like having that success but being like a grounded a fully formed adult yeah, really helped course. deal Definitely. with it because right. that's how people get like really become monsters because right. then they all of a sudden are like That's well true. whatever i can do whatever i want and i'm like you know just like unstoppable and it's like well <laughs> yeah. you're it's because you're a 19 year old billionaire <laughs> and so you're a madman now you know yeah. it's so crazy true. so what would you say is your favorite show project or character that you've played or been a part of over the years oh i always this is my go-to because it truly is the truth my favorite character i've ever played was I got to be Ebenezer Scrooge <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> in A Christmas Carol Amazing. at Dad's Garage. And we do a show every year. We still do it. It's called Invasion Christmas Carol. Amazing. And so basically the cast um, 
rehearses like mm-hmm. we're doing Christmas Carol. So okay. we're doing Christmas Carol right. at Dad's Garage, the whole <laughs> thing. But then when the show starts, about 15 minutes into the show, somebody that doesn't belong there shows up, like the A-team. <laughs> or awful. like, you know, um, I played Colonel Sanders and I showed up. And, uh, and so then the cast who's That's rehearsed amazing. for Christmas Carol has to figure out how to keep the show going, right. tell the story, <laughs> and incorporate the A-team. That sounds really so good. So they not know? No, they don't know. They know somebody's coming, but they don't know who it is, and they don't know what character they're playing. Okay. And so the cast has become, like, we've been doing it for eight years now, and so oh, wow. the cast has become, like, pretty adept at, at dealing with the, this craziness. Yeah. Um, but the first year we did it, I think, was 2008, and I got to play Ebenezer Scrooge, and it was, like, the role of a lifetime. Like, I was born to play an old, <laughs> cranky old man. I absolutely love playing old men, so that was my absolute favorite. That's great. <laughs> we're going to we're gonna come watch that show. Dude, I'm there. Already. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. Or, or we can convince them to like let us invade. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? Cool. Oh, like, no, <laughs> some podcasters. Yeah, They'd be like, we don't even know who these people are. Yeah, like, they just literally they? walked off the yeah. street. What's going on? So when doing um, voiceover work, what are the major differences between dubbing and prelay? I don't know. Don't know? No. <laughs> so as uh, I don't even know the difference of those words. Like we is prelay when you is oh okay I, I think I know. Okay, I'm gonna try to answer this question. <laughs> See, this is why I'm a bad voice actor because okay. I really don't know anything. They just gave me a job and I've been doing but it. But you're good in props, exactly. so you're just making right? it up. Like, yeah, yeah, we, we, we are actually, totally gonna believe whatever you say. <laughs> I was say it's really refreshing actually. <laughs> yeah, it really <laughs> like, is. You're like I don't know. So this is what I think is the difference. This is what I think these words mean. Okay. Dubbing is when the show is our the show or movie has already been animated. And then the actors are trying to match the lip flap, is what they call it, mm-hmm. of the character uh, <laughs> while delivering the lines. Yes. And then prelay is when it's recorded before the animation happens. Yes. Is that right? Oh, great. And okay. the animation. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I've never, them. I've only done dubbing one time, and it was for a show that was originally um, made in another language, and they were okay. making it for an English mm-hmm. audience. Right. And so I had to kind of match it, but I was playing the Grim Reaper who didn't have a mouth. So it was <laughs> oh, really that's easy. Perfect. It was really easy. That's so it was just like head movement. It right. wasn't like lip flap that was happening. Yeah. <laughs> so that was actually pretty easy. But when we do Archer, and most, I think most animated television is um, prelay. So we record everything first because they want if they if something happens or gets improvised or something mm-hmm. is found, they want to be able to incorporate that. Yeah. So they want to have the freedom to animate it afterwards. Um, but I think most yeah. film is done dubbed. I think most film really? is done like a Pixar movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. They, right. they animate it all first and then do all the um, voice acting later. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. 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 I didn't say that. We learned that together, guys. Nice. Yay. Yay. <laughs> and knowing is half the battle. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so which do you think would be more difficult being that you really haven't done much of uh, I think one. for sure dubbing because pre yeah. you can do whatever you want. Like you're setting the pace, you're doing the timing, it's all about, you know, because if you have an idea about, well, especially with comedy, like the timing of a joke, but it, you can't make it work with right. the yeah. animation that's already happened, that'd yeah. be hard. Yeah, right. definitely. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, sorry. Well, since your earlier days, like, how have things changed for like voice actors, in your opinion? Um, I think one of the cool things is, is because, like I said before, like the technology has advanced so much. Like, right. you can record. Like, I have a friend who does a lot of Audible uh, audiobooks, oh, cool. and okay. she has a setup that she created right. under a. A staircase yeah. in her apartment that her and her uh, husband like set up and that's where she records she'll that's she'll awesome. be in there for like hours a day recording yeah. books and so she doesn't even have to leave the house right yeah, um, which is incredible yeah. and so yeah. like when I I don't record anything professionally from home but okay. I record all my auditions from home and it's literally in my closet oh, so it's pretty okay. cool that like and you can get a really, really good awesome. microphone yeah. for like pretty 
reasonably priced yeah. now. You know, it used to be really yeah. expensive, and snowballs were like the only one you could buy, <laughs> right? and they suck, and I hate them so much. But now you can get like pretty decent microphones. Okay, well, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you said that because we're gonna bring a snowball. Like today. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I was like, that'd be easy. I'm sorry. Good. Yeah, I got a follow-up question then. Okay. Have you ever considered doing like an audiobook? I think I would. Like, I I have never. I, I don't know if I would if they'd hire me to do it um i would love to do it but i think it takes a, a certain disposition that i maybe don't have like for example i started reading a book in november and i still haven't finished it yet. so like i don't like it's, okay. it's a lot to i mean like my friend has probably read like i don't know like a hundred books in the last year wow. and it's like but also i guess she doesn't retain any of that information That's when she's doing right. it as a job yeah. i don't know right yeah. right yeah, I would love to hear like Pam read like something. <laughs> like I don't, I'm not even sure what book something would be really good for inspiring. her to read. I'll do it. Like, I'll do it. Probably like Catcher in the Rye or yeah, something. Yeah, right. Like a classic. <laughs> yeah. Pam does the classics. Yeah, exactly. All right. All right. So you do something and then you send it to us and we'll do a world release. <laughs> Great. Maybe like a couple of minutes, a not very really long, but we'll do oh, a world release of it. Let's do it. Do you feel that voice actors get the respect they deserve in the industry? I think so. Well, I mean, for a long time, one of the things when I first started voice acting, one of the big battles that was going on yeah. was that. Voice actors, like yeah. real professional voice actors, yeah. were getting pissed off because celebrities were getting like, oh, we need a name on this project. Right. So like, yeah. oh, let's get, you know, Jennifer Lawrence to yeah. like voice this character. And it's yeah. like, well, she's not a voice actor. And it's like, right. but she's an actress. So she can do anything. Exactly. And it's not quite true. Like, <laughs> you know, so, it's yeah. different. Everybody yeah. sounds different. And some people's voices aren't good by themselves. Exactly. Like, unless you see them with their voice, it's like they don't particularly have an interesting voice. And when you start oh. hearing that, like yeah. when I became a voice actor, like now I can pick out actors that do commercials. And oh, I'm like, really? oh. That's, uh, you know, yeah. Chris Parnell does so many that I'm like, oh, that's yeah. Chris Parnell's right. voice. Yes. And uh, so I think that that was the big battle for a long time where it's like, it's about, it's about your name and your pool than, than your acting ability right. uh, yeah. as a voice actor. So yeah, it's, it's been kind of, it's interesting to, yeah. to be a part of that battle. So I think that, I think that there's, I think, no, I think they don't get the, the credit okay. they deserve, particularly the really good ones that have been okay. doing it a long that time. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I hate to say it, but. I know there's always been this discrepancy between voice actor pay versus live action yeah. right. person pay. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I guess I get it because you're getting the image and the acting yep. and all that. But it's just like some people, I think, do voice acting that is way better and should be paid a lot more than yeah. Like yeah. some of the people who are in screen. Like totally. people I would not <laughs> yeah. want to watch. Totally. Like, I would love to – like I'd love to hear pretty much anything that you read. Thanks. But, yeah, like, I, but like, you know – Tom Cruise, yeah. for me, is, like, yeah. overrated. Totally. You know? so, yeah, yeah, I don't want him doing my Pixar movie. Come I on. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So how did you get the idea for Heart of America? Oh, my God. So I didn't get the idea. <laughs> okay. Luckily, I um, I wanted to do a project because I, we I wanted to show people that I don't just do voice acting. And so I was the theater actor, and then I was a voice actor, and people were like, oh, that's what you do. And it's like, but I want to do other stuff, too. Yeah. And so I went to um, – Sorry. <laughs> yeah, there's people walking in and out. It's, yeah. it's a theater. Yeah, so. Um, so I went to my husband, who's uh, the artistic director here at Dad's. We talked about him earlier. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he also is a writer, and he's a partner from Canada. They've been doing stuff for years, yeah. an improv show together called Scratch. And they'd written a lot of stage shows together, too. Awesome. And I was like, I want to do a project. Um, and Kevin's like, well, Arlen and I will write it. And so right. they wrote uh, Heart of America. Okay. And it's it's based on the way that they do their improv format anyway. So they have three storylines that that start out separately and then they all converge into oh. this crazy mashup. Whoa, so that's, that's cool. how they improvise. And so they wrote the script in that way. Yeah. And they wrote it for me. So they knew that yeah. it was um, they wanted to write characters that they thought I'd have a fun time doing. <laughs> and so 
when when uh, when they had their first few drafts of scripts, I'd mm-hmm. go through and talk about things and be like, well, maybe we could do this or do that. And so yeah. I had a little bit of input creatively, but I didn't really need to change much because they are just incredible and funny. Yeah. And and Arlen um, has uh, had just finished NYU Film School, so he oh, directed cool. it. Wow. Okay. Um, awesome. Yeah, and Kevin was also Bigfoot. <laughs> he didn't want to be <laughs> was in he it. Really? Yeah, oh yeah. He didn't want to do it. I know. <laughs> and Arlen made him do it, and he was like. Honestly, we couldn't have made another oh, actor do that because it was September in Atlanta oh in gosh. a Bigfoot suit, oh, and it almost wow. killed him. Wow. But, yeah, so he wrote it and then played Bigfoot <laughs> and also was a producer on it, too. That's so, amazing. yeah, it was a really amazing, fun time. We had such an incredible time making it. And that, com- that style of comedy, I love it. Like, yeah, I watched that's it a few so times. those guys. Yeah, that's so their com- comedic it's voice. So good. Yeah. yeah. Who, what's your favorite character that you played on that? It was the narrator. Again, narrator. I love old men. <laughs> yeah, old men. yeah, I love playing old men. Yeah. I thought that whenever you said that a little bit ago. I was like, yeah. I bet she liked that one. <laughs> it was, the, the worst there. part about it, though, is that I have a milky eye in that ca- as that <laughs> yeah, character. The character does, so yeah. they had to give me a contact. And I've never worn contacts before. Yeah, well. And it was a nightmare because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's going to roll up and go into my brain. Yeah. And then I'm going to have a contact <laughs> in my brain. And that's exactly what happened. Oh, it went no. behind my eyeball. <laughs> and I was like, ah! <laughs> it was terrible. And I was like dressed in this like wool sweater and it was hot and there was a fire going and I was like this what? is I, I'm gonna die I'm gonna die out here I can't imagine oh like Atlanta's not fun when it's humid no like not at all no I don't know that can you know? actually happen with contacts that's yeah. so scary I know <laughs> Never but, again. But as a voice actor, um, obviously you've made a lot of convention appearances mm-hmm. and stuff. Do you have a favorite con that you um, – um, I love Comic-Con in San Diego. Oh. It's always yeah. so fun. But it's like if I was a person going there as a fan, like I wouldn't know if I could handle it. Like <laughs> yeah. people wait in line for hours. It's crazy. And there's yeah. so many people walking around, and that city can barely handle the number of people that are in it. Yeah, but as far as like, like the – the panels and the audience response and the fans that mm-hmm. come out it's so fun like so many good cosplayers yeah. but i yeah, will say dragon con in atlanta the there's a lot more like like solid cosplay that happens because okay. at comic con like okay. people don't cosplay as much like oh, really? i don't okay. i think dragon con's got the most cosplay of okay. all the cons i've been to wow, which is wow. always the fun part about going to a yeah. con is seeing yeah. people dressed up yeah, yeah and wondering how they get through doors sometimes <laughs> yes <laughs> or, or how they stayed alive exactly in the heat. <laughs> yeah no it's crazy like it's so I, crazy. Just walking around is miserable sometimes. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite moment, like a convention moment you can share with us? Yeah. Uh, um, nice. Last year at uh, Comic-Con in San Diego, we were at the very end of our panel. So we usually like, usually we'll show the first episode of the next season. But yeah. this year we didn't because it was a big surprise. Uh, and then we'll do some question and answer. Right. And then we'll take audience questions. Okay. And so um, at the end, the audience lines up behind the microphone and they get to ask questions. And the very last person we had time for was a woman that was in Pam cosplay. And she was like, Perfect. I just want to say, this show means so much to me, and I want to thank you for bringing this character to life. Because yeah. before, I used to have to cosplay as, like, Fat Leia or Fat yeah. Cinderella. But yeah. now I just get to be Pam. Right. And yeah. she was, like, wearing the, like, Fight Club outfit and, like, <laughs> oh, looked like such nice. a badass. And, <laughs> like, awful. everybody stood up and was, like, giving what? her a standing ovation. And I was like, this is, yeah, like, amazing. this is the whole reason why we do this yeah. stuff, you know? That's so true. So cool. There's something very special about making that connection with someone. Yes. Yeah, that's Awesome. And she like, and everybody like talks about Pam like she's a sex symbol, and so it's like, <laughs> they do, you know, yeah. it's like so cool, it's like so empowering. I love it. Yeah, that is really yeah. awesome. Um, so I know you're a fan of hip hop. Because <laughs> I know your yeah. husband's a fan of hip hop. Yeah, totally. Do, can, do you have a favorite uh, hip hop song? And can you like kick us a little line? You know, you honestly, <laughs> I have to be honest. Kevin is a big hip hop fan. Okay. And so nice. to say that I'm a hip hop fan is like. Like sacrilege. Like oh no. He's a big fan, okay. um, but he has introduced me to some hip hop artists that I wouldn't have known previously that okay. I really enjoy. Nice. One of them being Brother Ali. Okay. Yeah. Which yeah. 
he is incredible. Yeah. And I got to see him live in Atlanta at this tiny little place called The Five Spot, oh, wow. which I don't know if you guys have ever been there, I've but it's like there, it yeah. probably fits like 40 people. So oh, to see wow. a show in That's that space amazing. is like pretty rad. Maybe yeah. it's more than that, yeah. but it's a small venue. Um, cool. So, yeah, check out Brother Ali. Truth is, is my favorite song, and that's probably his biggest hit. So oh, you can yeah. find it on YouTube very easily. Did you want to go with a little <laughs> no. freestyle? No, <laughs> I don't. Oh. She doesn't like to sing. I she can't do it. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. Oh. She can improv. Rapping. She can't freestyle. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's totally different. So, what's a typical day for you like? Um, it just depends, I guess. Okay. Like, um, uh, I when I'm home, mm-hmm. I I really am like a neat freak. Right. So okay. I like I like to wake up and like while my coffee's brewing, like straighten up Perfect. the house. I'm such a weirdo. That's amazing, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm such a weirdo. And then like take my dog outside, and then if I've got work, usually I'll ha- I'll record like auditions in the afternoon. Okay. Um. Yeah. It just depends. The cool thing is, is because I do different stuff every day. Mm-hmm. Like like to like tomorrow I have a couple of interviews, okay. and like you know today I'm doing the podcast, yeah. and like there's just always something different going on, gotcha. which keeps life exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um. So what are some of your favorite things you like to do whenever you're not doing anything work-related? Um, I love traveling. Okay. And uh, awesome. luckily, Kevin is a very good traveler. And okay. we've done <laughs> lots of traveling. And also, like, doing improv touring. Yeah. So I've seen a lot of the world just by doing improv in different parts of the Can't world. Imagine. Which yeah. has been so cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I really like to travel. I like to hang out with my dog. She's pretty great. <laughs> I mean, she's weird. She's a, we say that she's a pit bull supermodel mix because she's, like, <laughs> totally looks like a pit bull, but she's got really long legs and is, like, she's really skinny. Well, yeah. Even though we try to get her to eat, she's like, no, i got to keep up my figure. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> no. Uh, she's brindle. She's gorgeous. Yeah. I want to get a dog. It's going to be awesome. Oh, my God. They're the best. <laughs> Are you watching any any shows these days? Oh my god, I'm watching. Watch? So, I watch so much TV. That's another oh, yeah. part of my day. Is I watch <laughs> oh, a lot good. of TV. Okay. Um, I'm really into Feud. Feud on FX. It's the Never it's the. Feud. Oh my god! It okay. just started this season. It's okay. another um, Ryan Murphy show because okay. he's like the king of shows now. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. So it's um it's the story of Joan Crawford and Betty Davis. Oh right! <gasps> it's yes. got um Jessica Lange. Yes. Lange. Okay. And Susan Sarandon. Right. It's incredible. Okay. That's I love that. Um. I also love the Americans. These are all FX shows. Like, yeah. really? Come on, Amber. Do not watch shows on other networks. Um, I, it's I, all in the contract. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> right. Um, I love Big Little Lies. That was HBO. Big that was really okay. good. Um, this is all ones. just new shows that I've been watching. Okay. Um, what else? I watch everything. Like, all the good shows that people are watching, I watch them, too. Is your, like, DVR up to 100% now? Not yet. Because, <laughs> honestly, this is so stupid. My cable box stopped working, like, half really? the channels it doesn't get anymore. So they sent that? me a new one, and I haven't hooked it up yet because oh I'm super God. lazy. And it's, like, a, such a process. I know. It's so God. stupid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you have a favorite show, like, of all time? Um... This is so weird, but the first thing that came to mind is I really loved The X-Files. Yeah, it's not that yeah. weird. It's coming back. Um, yeah. so, speaking of, <laughs> another show that I love is The Fall with Gillian Anderson. That's like a British show oh, about murders. I love murder shows, too. Right. I yeah. love murder Those shows. Yeah. Like all the terrible shows like Swamp Murders and Sinister <laughs> Ministers. These are all... Sinister Ministers. Yes, that's a real show. That's awesome. Behind Mansion Walls. Guys, oh, yeah. This is all just investigation discovery. Um, my favorite <laughs> show of all time is probably either... X-Files, okay. Quantum Leap, Quantum or there was a show Quantum. when I was a child, this is a, this is a deep cut, and nobody's going to know this except for maybe like five people, <laughs> and they have to be around my age. Okay. Um, it was a show called Erie, Indiana. Yes. Do you remember yes. Erie, Indiana? <laughs> I loved that show so much, and I think it was maybe yeah. only on for like two seasons, and it was yeah, a it was kid's like, show. Yeah, it was like one or two seasons. Oh, maybe Nickelodeon. 
I think it, I think it was no. I think I think it was a uh, WB because I think it was on Saturdays. Okay. Oh. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah wow. Area Indiana. It was like kids that like solved mysteries, kind of. Right? It was like weird science. <laughs> yeah, they lived kind of in a weird. weird like, so that, that yeah. yeah. Those three shows really give you a okay. cross section of the kind of weird nerdy <laughs> stuff that I'm into. That's and they had books too, so I, I oh, bought the books did? and was reading them. Nice. Yeah, so. Oh my god. That's great. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we're like almost out of time. So I just want to take too much of your day. Okay. But um, we do this thing where we do quick fire questions. Okay, great. And um, we're just going to shoot them at you. And you okay. First thing pops into okay. your head is go for All it. Right. So we're going to go me, Jamie, and then Chris. Okay. okay. Um, favorite comedian? Um, God, uh, Chris Rock. Okay. Favorite <laughs> Disney song? Oh, um, I don't have one. All right. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> From the character's marcher, which would you kill, bang, or marry? Oh, my God. I would uh, kill Krieger. I would bang um, uh, Lana, and I would marry um, Cheryl. <laughs> so weird. Oh, okay. So weird life. Why not? Favorite 90s rock song? Oh, um, God, I don't know. These are so hard, guys. Oh, no. Favorite 90s rock song? Um, this might be from the 80s, but uh, Pour Some Sugar on Me? Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah, okay. That's late okay. 80s for sure. Yeah. favorite Disney villain? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I'm not up on my Disney stuff. Maybe um, her like this she's crushing Disney. my dreams here. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> um, she's gonna get some voice acting work for them, so she'll yeah. be good. Yeah, I don't have one. Sorry. Ice cream or froyo? Oh my god, I love a good froyo. Nice. But I'm telling you, it's got to be from a place that sometimes they don't have any fruit toppings, and it's like, come on, guys, I'm trying to be healthy by eating frozen <laughs> yogurt instead of ice cream. Give me some fruit to put on top of That's it. That's true. Yeah. That is so true. Yeah. Favorite curse word. Oh man, it's a whole phrase, and it's cock-sucking sons of bitches. I feel like it really gets it all out there. It really does. So you you hate to sing, but go-to karaoke song. Oh, so I do have a very specific go-to karaoke song uh, because it's the only one that I know all the words to and I can sing, and it's very specific, so not everybody has it. So if they don't, I'm like, I can't sing. They don't have my song. And it's Brand New Key by Melody, and it's a very old song from the 70s, but you guys will know it. It's, It's... I got a brand new pair of roller skates. You got a brand new key. You know that song? That's the song. I know now. I got one answer. Yeah. What's your favorite go-to restaurant when in Atlanta? Oh, my new one that I really like is Beetle Cat. It's a really great, like, seafood restaurant on the grave of old Dad's Garage Theater in Inman Park. Wow. Okay, cool. Um, Favorite Pam line? Oh, my God. Um, there's so many great ones. But I think my favorite is uh, Shut Your Dick Holster. <laughs> That's a really good one. What superpower would you choose to have? Um, probably flight. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Uh, what time period would you like to live in? Ooh. Um, if I, want, I would go back in time if also there wasn't, like, social intolerance and racism. Yeah, right. um, so if there wasn't social intolerance and racism, I'd say the 20s. Well, you can go back and change that. Yeah, uh, right? Work it from within. Great. <laughs> Favorite Epic Bruce host? Oh, I would say all of you. Oh, oh we so knew it. That's <laughs> so good. Dream vacation destination. Ooh, um, I would love to go to Japan. I've never been to Japan. Yes. I yeah. want to go there, too. All right. Uh, favorite inspirational quote? Oh, um, oh, I have it actually written down. Oh, it's nice. um, it, hold on. I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, go for so it. Good. So good. I don't even remember where it came from, but I keep it in my old lady calendar, guys. I just pulled out a paper calendar. An old lady calendar. That's okay. That's being organized. A That's paper okay. calendar, and I have it written down in here somewhere. Oh my God, this is not quick. I'm not. No, take your time. <laughs> no, no, no problem. And it's not do in here do anymore. Do is it not in here anymore? Do do do. I guess it's 
this is not in here anymore. You can like paraphrase Aww. if you want to. Yeah, it's basically like um, be be brave and don't. <laughs> I don't even know it. It's basically like if you are bold and brave enough, then the doors that are supposed to be there will open for you. Kind nice. of along those lines. Nice. Because okay. that's, not, that's not always easy to be bold and brave, yeah. you know? No, definitely yeah. not. Especially yeah. if you're a southern woman. Like, I was raised <laughs> to not be those things. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right, we have time Sorry. for one more round. Uh, one more go around. Okay. Favorite holiday? I love Thanksgiving. Because okay. it's about food and not about weird religious things. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, favorite Ninja Turtle? Um, Donatello? Yes! I love it. Great. <laughs> oh, I only got one. Yeah, uh, only okay, one. fine. <laughs> the greatest philosophical question. Why? Oh, um, <laughs> fuck, I don't know. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the best response ever. Yep. All right, so. Very last one. <laughs> we asked this Can unicorns one. fly? Why or why not? Um, I, see, I used to think that unicorns also, I, think, I used to think that unicorns and Pegasus was the same thing. Okay. <laughs> but they're not. Right, and I was no. told that in no uncertain terms. <laughs> so if you're a horse creature with wings, then you can fly. But if you're just a regular unicorn, you just gallop around. No. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Amber Nash's answer counts for like an infinity amount of points. <laughs> Because <laughs> we've been doing that for like, I don't know, ever since we started. Yeah, ever since we right. started. Yeah. And keeping score, you I just totally. I have no idea where that came from, but <laughs> great. I'll, I'm like totally in the grave with that one now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But um, thank you so much, though, for your time yes, and taking. You guys are so yeah. much fun. Thank yeah, you. That was amazing. It was great. Yeah. So thank you guys for tuning in, and um, we'll catch you next time. Bye.